0: Welcome to the Morning Sanity Check, where we talk about the different pillars of resilience, spiritual, physical, social, and mental. Join us so we can talk about it, then be about it. Let the show begin.
1: Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Welcome to another uh, morning of the Sanity Check. My name is Seth.
0: And I'm Camille.
1: And we're here to make sure... Everything is good with you. Camille, how's everything?
0: Everything is good. Um, give me one second, though, my mic.
1: Okay, it's all good. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, please, please, please utilize this time. Say good morning, okay? Say good morning. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you go to StreamYard.com forward slash facebook just so we can see where you are where you're coming from saying hey see hey y'all look at that how hey. you doing how you doing and just say good morning this is going to be a good day real real good day good morning ma'am good morning yes 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 this is a beautiful beautiful morning so you get your mic straight camille
0: i did can you hear me well now
1: i sure can i sure okay. can All right. <laughs> i sure can so so what, what, what's going on how's your weekend
0: my weekend is good. Um, you know, I had a long night yesterday. I put out my retirement, you know, official date. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's a good thing. Show you're right. I will most definitely be there virtually. You Thank dig it. You.
2: Thank you.
1: Yes. Good morning, Miss Holly. Yes, Mr. Brown, how you feeling? But yeah, so my goodness, how many years?
0: It will be, when it's all said and done, 25 years, two months, and 20 days. Sweet.
1: Googler moogler. Man, (laughs) let it go, let it go. Now, how how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that?
0: I have had a challenging but very fulfilling career, and um, I feel like I did almost all that I could do, you know, in the capacity I could do it in and so leaving it all out on the table and I'm going to be jumping into the next chapter of my life so I miss the people I know for sure but I am excited about what's next
1: yes yes and also Miss Michelle she's also retiring this year you know what I think listen I think yeah shout out to her you know check it out I think this is the year of the exodus you understand look (laughs) go oh my goodness it's like just so much crazy mess going on, and you just want to be done with it. Is that all right, ladies and gentlemen? Can we just let it all go? Ain't you tired of it? It's just too much going on yes, in the and world, and especially was- especially if you've been doing your thing, and you've been, you know, uh, you, you've it essentially gave all your best years. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? All your yeah. best years. And so it's like, man, where's, where's life? Because when you think about it, you don't want to necessarily work until you die you get what i'm saying you don't want to work until you die so you want to enjoy it so let's enjoy it right ladies and gentlemen let's enjoy it and camille you've done an amazing job amazing job and i'm sure individuals appreciate everything that you've done i know i have just thus far right but it's, it's not easy it's not easy um you know just Keeping people, not necessarily keeping people in line, but loving folks. You get what I'm saying? Yes, Michelle, shout out to you. And, you know, just loving them and being conditional, right? Well, okay. unconditional giving them those type of, you know, that your time and your love and things like that. Uh-oh, pretty shirt. Yes, yes, Commit. Look at that. Oh, that hey, Listen, see there? Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, but listen, ladies and gentlemen, before we get too deep into it, we have to take a moment for our sponsors right on we'll be right back research shows aging people and people with medical conditions or disabilities stay healthier with social interactions so the providence place home health community benefits the community by promoting mental health it also helps clients transition from dependent living to becoming independent by using independent living training. Providence Place Focus is one-on-one support and are home-based alternatives to facility and hospital care. Give Providence Place Home Health a call at 314-736-1919 or send them an email at providenceplacellc at yahoo.com.
0: Women of every culture, age, income level and race can develop perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Symptoms can appear at any time during pregnancy and within the first 12 months after childbirth. It is often one of the most challenging times for new moms, especially if it's the first baby. Strangely, we are given all the tools and resources to take care of our babies, but very little to nothing at all to better prepare us for postpartum. Where is the book, What to Expect Postpartum? cater to mom is filling this need by raising awareness of perinatal mental health. They provide monthly postpartum boxes curated to support moms postpartum and beyond. But most importantly, They are ensuring postpartum resources are included in their boxes so mom is better prepared for her postpartum journey. They also have Cater to Dad and Love Always gift boxes for those who have suffered miscarriage or stillbirth. Please visit www.catertomom.com for more information. Cater to Mom, catering to the needs of mom's postpartum and beyond.
1: All right. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. So what you think about that, Camille? Can you dig it? I
0: loved it. I can dig it. I loved it. Hey, hey,
1: listen, everybody, <laughs> yeah. we want to thank y'all, not just for the sponsorship, but also the inspiration, because we want to bring this, what we're doing with the sanity check and a, a full circle. So not just what you hear, but also what you see so that you can connect. And hopefully that makes sense to you all. But so you you ready, Miss Camille? So we, we can go right. into what we're getting into.
0: We're getting into perinatal depression. Okay. But first, I want to say this. Okay, we are not medical professionals. Um, all of the information that we provide concerning um, data and stuff like that is typically taken from all of your, um, your medical websites, uh, NIM or WebMD, uh, WHO, things like that. So... You have to do what's best for you and we just want to put that out there as a disclaimer first.
1: Yes, and and, and ladies and gentlemen, again today we're talking about making lemonade from lemons, okay? And talking about that in the different stages of depression. Thing is is that we can be in a stage that we don't know, okay? And we don't know. However, in this, in today's, what we're going to do today is just dive in the different ways and things that can uh, attribute to stages so that you can catch them early. You get what I mean? Before you start spiraling and then you're at a point of no return. Uh, hopefully that makes sense for you all. And of course, like she said, we're not doctors, so don't get on my couch. Now, I'll listen. You feel me? I will listen. And I might Hey, I'll make up something that might sound good and it might be right. However, do not follow me. Do your own research and talk to your own uh, physician. OK, so without further ado, Miss Miss uh, Camille, I want you to get into it and let them know what that is. And what's yes,
0: so perinatal depression, a lot of people don't talk about it. Uh, we hear a lot about postpartum depression. But perinatal depression really is the period, um, different depending on which site you go to, it could be anywhere from 20 to 28 weeks that it'll start. Some people say it starts at around 28 weeks. And it typically runs for a couple of weeks after the baby is born. And um, a lot of women experience it. And as I was doing a lot of research, I realized that I too had perinatal depression.
2: Mm.
0: I did not know why I was feeling so overwhelmed and always crying about everything, you know, because the baby is just growing. So we typically don't think that that would cause any issues during the pregnancy. We're always looking for it outside of the pregnancy. Good morning. Good morning. Mm -hmm. So, um, the symptoms they can range from like very mild to severe And when I say severe, I'm going to talk about not just the perinatal, but in this little portion, I'm going to talk about the um, postpartum. And then there's also a psychosis that happens. And then I'll just talk a little bit about dads because like the cater to mom, you know, they have the dad boxes as well, cater to dad. We often forget about the father, think that, oh, he didn't go through anything, so he shouldn't be feeling any type of way. But that is not the truth. And I think that if we address that, then we would have less issues surrounding after baby Mm. is born. So I'm going to talk about that. Mm. So anyway, um, it does not um, matter what your age is, what your race is, what your ethnicity is, religious background, socioeconomic background, nothing. It hits everybody about the same. Okay, so there's no magic cure for perinatal depression. Um, A lot of people, they have like extreme sadness, um, excessive crying. They're crying all the time, don't know why. A lot of worry and anxiety um, during their pregnancy, Um, whether they're thinking about, you know, if the baby's gonna be okay, if they're gonna be a good mother, whatever those things are. Um, Some other symptoms are trouble sleeping that don't have to do with frequent urination. So we know that when you're pregnant, you get up and, you, you know, you got to go to the bathroom a lot, so it breaks up your sleep. But when it interferes with your sleep outside of that, then that's probably a symptom of some sort of perinatal uh, depression. Um, another thing is not being able to feel connected to the developing baby. And um, I was like that with my first child. It was really really weird hard you know i was young i was going through all of these emotions of having this baby you know and being single and all this stuff and um so i could not connect really it was really weird and then i had medical issues and they thought she was going to be down syndrome and all kinds of stuff so i really was it was hard for me to truly attach to the point that I didn't even want to touch my stomach half the time. Mm. More people had um, probably gave my belly a little love than I did. Mm. I like literally didn't want to um, acknowledge, I guess, that um, I was pregnant, which I did verbally, you know. And in, in the shop, it took about seven months, but physically, like, I didn't want to touch the baby of my belly. I didn't want to uh, really. I guess I couldn't connect. I couldn't connect, and I didn't know that that is something that happened. I didn't talk about it because I felt bad. I saw other people, and they're just, oh, rubbing their bellies, and they're going in. And I was just thinking to myself, like, that wasn't me. Like, why is there this disconnect? But I was looking back and looking at all those symptoms. I was very depressed during that time. You know, I wasn't with the father. I was single. I had, you know, just joined the military, got to my base. Um, There was a sense of embarrassment and shame. Um, There was a lot of things. And like I said, nobody even in my shop knew I was pregnant. um, until Well, two people did. But until I was about seven months pregnant. Mm. Um, And then finally somebody goes, so are you pregnant? I was still out on the jet, working on the jets, you know, climbing upstairs and ladders and working on trucks because I was a vehicle maintenance officer. Mm-hmm. And so I was still doing all of those things and pretending like there was no baby there. Wow. My family knew, but yeah, so that's part of it as well. Um, and I just wanted to, to put that out there that it's more common, I guess, than, you know, I had thought. Mm-hmm. And um, so some other things are extreme fatigue and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, there's a uh, several different possible causes for perinatal depression. Um, If you have a history of depression in your family or you've had previous episodes of depression, then you can, um, you're more likely to develop perinatal depression. Um, Also there's a combination, they say, you know, genetics and environment, Uh depending on how you grow up and everything, where you grow up, uh, those types of things can play a part in you developing perinatal depression as well. Uh Um, Life stress, past traumas um you know you're going to work every day working hard you have the demands of the job and you're just really kind of you know trying to focus on that while your body is undergoing so many changes uh, that can cause a sense of depression as well and um so yeah and changes in hormones because you know that we're I mean, we're growing a whole human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so our home, hormones are all up and down. And a lot of people just say, oh, you know, that's hormones. But the depression is a little bit deeper than just the hormones gotcha. it can be caused by it. But um, it's a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful that we we kind of look at those symptoms um, as we're pregnant. You know, I wish I would have known. Prior to, mm-hmm. you know, or when I was having a baby, that, you know, this is what I was undergoing because I was like, some days I was like, I just feel like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my emotions are all over the place and everything like that. But it was so many factors in my life that I really um, can look back and say that I was pretty in a pretty depressive state. Got so, it. Got um, it. We have to look out for each other too.
1: That's right. And um, yeah, so <laughs> shout out to you, Miss Marsha. You know, and, yeah, so she was pregnant during 9/11 and serving same here and um but no that that makes a lot of sense and and we're ladies and gentlemen if you're just tuning in we're talking about making lemonade from lemons okay so Camille if you could just briefly talk about how did you recover from that state
0: so um I don't know that I Recovered. I do know that I had some very, very good friends. I I did recover eventually. I didn't have the tools then to do it. Mm -hmm. But looking back, I had some friends, um, Chelsea and Noni, that were thicker than thieves. And those are my sisters to this day. And their support, the connectedness of them being there to where Chelsea, you know, I'm going into labor at work and they're telling me to lay down on the floor mm-hmm. and drink some water. And she's like, "No, I'm taking you to the uh to my room in the dorms, you know, and you're going to stay here. Call me if you need me." Right. But um the support of those two um and a few other people was paramount. Mm-hmm. Staying connected. They made sure that I had and that I ate and I took care of myself, you know, even when I didn't feel like it and sometimes even when they didn't know I didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um they were always there to walk me through that process. Well, that's good. And, Yep, and th- you know, through the medical issues and stuff like that, um, it was always it's gonna be okay, you know, mm-hmm. and we here for you, sis. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna make it through. We don't care if nobody else is here, we're a family, you right. know. And so we became our own family. Right. And so that always helped me. And they said no matter what the doctors say, we don't know until she gets here. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was a, a healthy, beautiful baby, mm-hmm. you know, and um my shop rallied around after all, and there was eight people in the room when mm-hmm. I had her. Who does that? You know what I mean. Right. But um, it was that and their encouragement. And um, like I said, I didn't know, but afterwards, I did uh, go through a period postpartum, probably, where I had to get on antidepressants.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so I did have to get medical attention for that um, and get some antidepressants to help kind of stabilize my mood mm-hmm. and um, you know help get me through, get me right. through a rough patch. So okay. yeah.
1: So so and and so, ladies and gentlemen, what she just spoke on was similar to postpartum right uh depression uh, for having a baby however there's a things that we want to talk about today as far as the different stages of uh depression and keep in mind some of the same um situations if you will or triggers are related but it depends on how and where if that makes sense so what we're going to do is transition to the next um Depression And that will be situational. OK, so situational depression. It's how can I explain it? Well, OK, it's just it's just that. So let's talk about it. And uh, situational depression. And this is based off of well.com. All right. It's considered an adjustment disorder. All right, it's the type of stress that you receive when you're in a situation uh, that you are not used to, obviously, meaning a life-changing event. <clears throat> Excuse me, like a divorce, a loss of job, a death, right, of a loved one, but that's how it's usually triggered, all right? And uh, or a serious accident. Now, situational depression may be diagnosed like we said as an adjustment disorder. So keep in mind There are situations when, for example, we come into what? The military, all right? And just using this as an example, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know, but I'm originally from Detroit, all right? So when I came into the military, right, 18 years old, coming from Detroit, my first military base after basic training and learning my job was white men. Air Force Base. Those that don't know, Whiteman Air Force Base is in the middle of Missouri. Can you dig it? So, you take this young, spunky young man, right, from from Detroit, and all I know is building, city, fast cars, loud music, and just vibrant, you know, life. I get to Missouri. The first thing I see as I'm going to my base. Is little things just around a tree, okay? And the the sponsor, my sponsor said, hey, you know, what, what are you looking at? I'm like, no, what is that I'm looking at? Come to find out, ladies and gentlemen and family, it was turkeys. Turkeys running around a tree. Right then and there, I knew I wasn't in Detroit anymore. You know, like Wizard of Oz, right? not in kansas i wasn't in the d no more so that was the first sign this was going to be a different reality you understand so as we're driving to the base i'm noticing no buildings that's taller than maybe three stories i'm like what is this like where am i down is this downtown no can't be i get to the base ladies and gentlemen and it was just shocking shocking shocking! is just to the point where I could not, I couldn't get it. I really couldn't get it. And it, I did not know that I was in a depressed state because of what I was used to. Right. And I do not believe at that time, and I believe the military is doing a lot better now, but at that time there was no true integration into your new location right so the way that they do this was or or the way that the military is doing it now is ftac the first term airman center where you get to meet other individuals that's new to that don't know nothing from nothing their first air force base military base and you and you can you know connect with them however what i learned was that it was important to connect with people, just like your situation, Camille, as far as having that support system. It was important that I surround myself with people, positive people. That's the deal. Because if you're in a state, if you're in a state of depression and you're feeling the lowest of the low, you don't necessarily want to connect with someone that feels the same way. Because you will feed off of each other, you understand? And then if you're halfway spiraling and they're halfway spiraling, now y'all both gonna be going down, right? So you know, two blind folks can't lead nobody to nowhere. And so it was very important that I connected with individuals that A felt the same way but wanted something positive out of the situation, something, you know, it was something larger than just being in Missouri. So a way that I dealt with that, not just dealing with um, positive individuals, but I found mentors, right? I found mentors. It's very important to find a mentor, an individual that can relate to you, but also can share how they overcame their situations, Right. So what do you you think about that, Camille?
0: I was about to say that was that was the end result of all of that stuff that I went through um, was that uh, thankfully, you know, I used that experience. I didn't know what the name of it was at the time. I just know how I felt and Mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody else to feel that way. And so fortunately for me, I have been invited to um, share in the birth of 10 babies in -hmm. the Air Force Mm -hmm. because of that. And I, I believe because of that. You know, and it was helping them through those situations. And like I said, I didn't know the name of it. I didn't know that it was a perinatal depression, but I was always looking out for those signs for, you know, other people and things like that. And like you said, you don't want to go, Some you know, how do you use that? You know, in those situations and you turn around and you help other people, you know, and so I had to give them, this is what I went through. So let me help you out and give you some tools, and let me do some things like that, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, but I couldn't go in there and go, Oh, well that same thing happened to me. I was just, I don't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? And pulling them down when they're in the time of need, um, it was always there to give them that, you know, Hey, I know it's tough right now, but we're going to get through this, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to get through this. Yes. Not you. We're going to get yes. through this. Well, I'm going to be here to walk you through the process. Process. You know, so it was always that trying to connect with those people to, and even in my situation later on, you know, that would bring me up those mentors, people who have been there that can share those experiences. And if it was the ones that were still a what was me, I was like, mm, that's too much for me to hear. Carry. Right. You know, I got my own weight. I'm not trying to, you know, carry yours and mine too. I mm-hmm. need somebody that's going to give me a word to get up out of this thing, mm-hmm. you know? And so in those situations, it is very important to find someone who's been there, but who has been able to overcome. Yeah, the breakthrough. You know, break through. Not the one that's, that's
1: still there and they just as uh, lost in the sauce as you. You get what <laughs> yes. I'm saying? You want to yes. find someone that can show you the light on the other end of the tunnel because it's... Yes. it's, it, it's It it can be traumatizing. And I would also like to add, before we go into the next one, that certain people, leaders, in positions of leadership, they don't understand. So even though it's an adjustment disorder, they consider that as you're being defiant. No, I'm not defiant. I'm trying to understand what's going on. I just seen a damn turkey up the street. You understand? I've never seen a turkey. Hey, hey, only turkey I've seen was on my table. Can you dig it? I ain't never seen one walking around and lollygagging with friends and family. So it's shocking, you right? And mm-hmm. it, and just the simple things that I'm used to as far as amenities. Do you know the closest McDonald's was over 10 miles away? Shocked my soul. I can normally look out my window. There it is, right? Now you're telling me I got to drive a country an hour just to get the McDonald's. That jacked my mind up, ladies and gentlemen. So that's what we're talking about: just different stages of depression or different types. Okay.
0: Seth, can I go back just a minute? Yeah. Because I want to talk about what you said with these guys, and you're trying to talk, um, get through some things. You know, trying to figure it out. I know a lot of times at work too, and I talk about both situational and perinatal. You know, men go through it as well. Yes. Men show anger and irritability and they you know there's domestic issues there's um family issues they can't connect with the babies they don't want to play with them they don't want to do all these things and society has said that having babies is a women's problem mm-hmm. and it's not and men go through the same emotions Absolutely. and then with situations that happen it may happen to a spouse but they say oh that's just the spouse you know you're not it didn't directly happen to you you know man up pull up your bootstraps get through it and that's, i think that we have a lower into or a longer incidence of these depressive you know episodes yes because people don't understand that uh, men have feelings too you know <laughs> you, oh, oh,
1: hold on hold on listen look look, <laughs> look ladies and gentlemen don't 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 let camille you know pump too much slush and what this is now now look if y'all some brothers out there stay strong now be connected to your you know to yourself you understand but look don't don't <laughs> but, but listen hey don't get all the way fluffy okay hold it down that's why we are on the Try sanity check no but still, yeah, still flush. it's no, no. It's, it's a flush but don't get fluffy. So, I'll but ladies, and, hey, through. no, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're t- welcome. First of all, if you're just yes. tuning in to the Sanity Check, please share this. Right? It only take one second to share. it. Boom, share it. Put it on your page because you never know who's going through and that who can use this. All right? This is so important, and I, and of course we're making making light of it because that's what we're supposed to do to get you out of uh, to help you get out of a state of mind this is a transition we deal with life but if you don't deal with it it will deal with you can you dig what I'm saying so it's extremely extremely important extremely important but Camille we want to go into the next one are you ready
0: yes I'm ready I'm okay. ready okay
1: so the next one we have
0: It's called manic depression, or Mm -hmm. otherwise known as bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And so there's two different types of uh, bipolar disorder, one and two. One is more severe than the other. Uh, One is a milder case, okay? So um, I just want to say that it's a form of um, major depressive disorder it's just a little bit different. I'll say that a little bit different. And it has manic and hypomania episodes. So there's, you know, periods where people are very, very high energy. And I'll talk about that a little bit. And then there's other um, times when they're in a more depressed state. All right, so hypomania. So um, about 5.7 million, the most current um statistic i can find is about 5.7 million adults in america um suffer from bipolar disorder that's about 2.6 to 2.8 percent of the population um it's just being talked about i think um more regularly than it had been in the you know past nobody wants to talk about being bipolar and things like that but there are several um you know different uh Uh, stars and things like that, celebrities who have come out and said, you know, they have bipolar disorder, uh, but they manage it through medications and things like that. So um, the average onset is about 15 to 24. Um, They say usually, now it can be onset anywhere in between there, but typically younger than 14, older than 65 is usually very rare, very rare, and the average age is about 25, all right, so I just want to put that in there. Um, it can run in families, genetic, um, and then there can be incidences of people that just, you know, develop um, uh, bipolar disorder. So some of the symptoms of, of depression in bipolar disorder um, are appetite changes, overeating, gain of weight, and then conversely, um, loss of appetite or poor eating. All right. Some difficulty concentrating, remembering or making decisions, Um, feelings of guilt, worthlessness, helplessness, pessimism um, insomnia or oversleeping is typically one, or they wake up very, very early in the morning. Okay. Loss of interest in activities, including sex, uh, physical symptoms that do not respond to treatment. I say this a lot. I see it in a lot of people, you know, that chronic pain and things like that. They keep going to the doctor, keep going to the doctor. Um, and no medication seems to to help. Typically it's a psychological thing. That's, you know, manifesting physically. So when those changes don't happen in this particular uh, depressive disorder, um, that's another sign. So headaches, chronic pain, digestive disorders is another huge, huge one, you know, irritability in your your belly and, and, and nausea and vomiting and things like that. Um, So look out for those symptoms. Uh, Persistent sadness, anxiety, or feeling empty, restlessness, irritability, and then thoughts of suicide and attempts. So this is a more serious depression. When we start talking about suicide and attempts of suicide, really needs to be addressed. On the mania side, though, um, they feel disconnected or they have racing thoughts, uh, feelings of grandiose. You know, it's just like uh, invincible. Call it the Superman syndrome sometimes, where they think that nothing can Stop them! Nothing can hurt them. Nothing can, you know, phase them at all. So there's this sense of grandiose that they have, um, larger than life type stuff. A uh, risk taking being extremely, you know, living on the edge all the time, Um, some inappropriate elation or uh, sense of euphoria. And inappropriate is the word here when talking about mania, okay, inappropriate, Um, inappropriate social behavior, inappropriate irritability, um, increased sexual desire. Sometimes it gets dangerous, very risky. Um, and then also increased energy, poor judgment, and a lot of reckless behavior. Right. So they go through a lot of cycles. You know, it'll be <clears throat> depressive one time and then manic the next time. So um, that's what bipolar is, and that's the whole bipolar.
1: So, so, so ladies and gentlemen, listen, what I want you guys to understand is if, if you can listen and and if you under if you can hear what she's saying there the key is extremes it's extremes to the point where it's not just damaging to yourself but to others all right so there's a lot of things that she said that are natural okay it's natural because of who we may be as individuals right but when you are in a state of mind where it is damaging and harmful to other individuals, then that is signs. And also, I would also like to say that, let's be 100, don't diagnose yourself, okay? Because, right, (laughs) so, no, but I'm serious, (laughs) don't diagnose yourself. Who are you? Don't get me wrong, you know yourself, but there's different type of studies that has to take place in order for you to be diagnosed and also don't diagnose your friends (laughs) listen some of y'all right now because i did it while you're reading this and understanding and finding out hold on i know that food that food bipolar i knew he was about hush him out okay because you don't know you don't know what they've been going through you don't know what it is you don't know what they're trying to overcome so this information that we're giving you is for you and what you do with that, then you move forward. However, this isn't to pass judgment or to just say, hey, this is what's going on with that person. I knew they was bipolar. I see because see they said it. No, that's not we're giving you signs and we're giving you symptoms. See, look, look, what about family? Hey, look, some of them and listen, and I'm glad you said that, Miss Lily Wilson. Shout out, look, I'm gonna put it up one more time. What about family? We know deep down in our soul. That fool is bipolar, okay? We know it. We know it. However, that's not our responsibility. And and that's not our um that's not our job to task that on, you know, to other let, individuals.
0: Let me address Lily, really, okay, <laughs> in a real way. Um we do want to Potentially point out some symptoms if you know that your family members are going through and haven't sought medical attention. Right. Now there are labs and tests and things like that that they'll run to make sure that that's what they have. Um, But grown people are grown people, right? So the other thing I want to say is that we need to pay attention to our children because children show signs of uh, bipolar very young like i said it can start anywhere from 14 15 years old and we're wondering why our kids are having these depressive you know episodes and manic episodes and we're like you know sit your butt down and do this and the snack, or the next time you know i mean it ain't that bad what you going through and we're not paying attention to the signs of our children who are crying out for help sometimes so when it comes to family We need to pay attention to it. You know what I mean? We can't self-diagnose them or help them diagnose. But if there are some signs and symptoms that are directly related to this, and it's not just one thing, okay? Don't pick out one thing, you know, and try to diagnose it. Because
1: that's what we try to do, right? We We try to do. do. And what we need to do, too, to your point, Camille, is (laughs) if we do have children that may show some of those signs, let's ask ourselves, what are we perpetuating? Meaning, what are we doing to cause our child to act that way, right? Because if their moods just automatically switch, look at the whole picture. Look at yeah. everything, right? Because it it, yeah. it wouldn't be fair to just say, hey, this is what's wrong with this person. Look and see how you're contributing. But what I would like to do, if you don't mind, is talk about treatment, OK, and we could talk about uh, some 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 treatment, but not just things over the counter. And, and I am a, a true believer in natural and holistic type of treatment when it comes down to those types of uh, depression. And, and all of these, essentially, if you feel a way about it, think about the natural um, you know, teas. Right. You can get teas as far as eating. All right. Different teas, the, the lavender. Right. Um, you can uh, get vitamin D for those that's in different places or locations. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And also just meditation. Right. Sitting down, being still, calming yourself. What you think, Camille?
0: Um, all of that is good. Uh, with certain depressions, like bipolar, you have to understand that there's a chemical imbalance too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you do need actual medication, like uh, yoga. I mean, not yo- <laughs> I put yeah, no, yoga. Yeah, no, I get you. I Metinoma. get you. <laughs> Sorry. Antidepressants, um, things like that, coupled with a more holistic approach. And then sometimes you can wean off of the doctor will wean you off of that medication. But uh, with Bipolar disorder, sometimes it can be very dangerous. And in those situations, the first thing you have to do is get people help. So call 911 if you have to or 211, National Suicide Hotline, uh, take them to the doctor, hospital, whatever you need to do. So there are some uh, people that have been misdiagnosed or undiagnosed for so long that they're past the point of right away starting holistic And they need to be medicated Uh um, to, you know, create that chemical balance again to re-regulate, you know, the the imbalances in their minds and stuff like that or in their brains. And so we have to be careful about that, too. Which is why it's very important to go see your physician. Yes. All right, go see your PCM, go see your doctor, whatever it is. But there are different types of treatment that are, are shown to help. So with lithium, they say about 40, it has about a 40 to 50 percent um, success rate in terms of reducing the number of hospitalizations mm-hmm. or inpatient hospitalizations associated with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. But they also have a patient to patient, like a support group type thing that people can go to as well that are going through the same things and they give them tips and tools. And it has about an 86% um, in the studies that uh, I, I looked up, 86% um, success rate in reducing the number of uh, inpatient hospitalizations or rehospitalizations. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there is yoga, like you said, meditation, different teas, uh, vitamin D that really help stabilize the mood and things like that that you can take but with certain depressive disorders um it really is a chemical imbalance or imbalance in hormones and things like that that have to be regulated first um when it's a dangerous situation right. is what i'm saying okay. so you have to know the the difference between that
1: good yes. good so all right so that brings us to the next uh type of depression and we're going to talk about seasonal okay seasonal ladies and gentlemen what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about seasonal what the holidays right and and the you know the i guess the joyous times and the different seasons right so a doctor did some research on this doctor uh, what's it called? northall okay northall from high says it's a it's a It's an issue, it's a major depressive state, right? It's a disorder that normally happens around the seasons, when the seasons change, okay? And they call it the SAD, S-A-D, because it's the seasonal, seasonal effect of disorder, right? So this depression, it can start or centers around the low energy and lack of sunlight, Okay? That, that's actually decreased during the short days of winter. And many individuals deal with the seasonal effects this uh, disorder or SAD, and it's crazy because they call it SAD. That's how you feel, right? Yes. You, you you do feel sad and it is a real, real thing, ladies and gentlemen, so think about that. But for example, when I was at uh, in Guam, all right, and, and this is the closest thing that I can use to resonate with this type of depression state because I, I've dealt with this. You think about Guam, beautiful island, right? 70, 80s degrees all year round or well, maybe you know a couple of weeks because of uh, uh, tsunamis or whatever season. However, when I was there doing during uh, Christmas, it dawned on me that I'm seeing christmas lights on palm trees like hold on wait a minute it's december right now now again being from detroit i'm used to snow being up like six feet high not really maybe five nevertheless i'm used to that i'm used to the just just seeing the snow getting my family together right and just just the, the, the brisk air, the snow blowing up your face because in Michigan it's not regular snow. It, it kind of comes around. So anybody that's from the Midwest can understand that seasons can be important to us, right? But think about it. What is it that's most important with the seasons? This is how I had to come out of that state. Was it my family and the connection Or was it just the snow? You get what I mean? No, it wasn't the snow. It was the connection. So I encourage you to think about these things when seasons come around and it's getting ready to come around now. Let's utilize that time to focus on the good and what seasons can do. And so but but just be mindful of that. And when I was stationed in Washington, right, Washington State, there is a lot of coffee places, right? Coffee spots everywhere. So like in Detroit, there's a lot of corner stores. There's a lot of coffee spots. And I didn't realize it until doing doing some research. It rains there about nine months out of the year. Often on it's not constant, right? But it's extremely gloomy. Those of you that's been over to Europe, I'm sure you you understand that. But the deal is... The coffee spots are around to waking you up, all right, because it is a it's a nice place to live. I love it. Actually, I love it. However, it's a high suicide rate, ladies and gentlemen, because what the sun, the lack of sun does to our bodies and our moods. You, you get what I mean? So we have to be cognizant of that. Those seasonal seasonal disorders. Right. That is a type of depression. So what I encourage you to do, leaning forward into the new uh, the, the 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 new holiday for, for this year, as crazy as it is with Rona everywhere. Utilize this time to connect with family and or if you can't do the things that you used to do pre Rona pre-corona, try new traditions, okay? Connect with new friends, right? Change change the, the, the things that you've done, incorporate a different individuals and try to learn something new. So learning something new can actually help out your mood and give you a different spin when it comes around to seasonal change, okay? What, what do you think about that, uh, Camille?
0: I think that's good recognizing that it is a real thing. Um, I was stationed in England and we had a lot of incidences of sad sad there and you really, the lack of vitamin D, it, it really does make you put you in a, depressive mood. And when you have, you know, winter nine months out of a year, a very short mild s- summer, then um, you're lacking that. And I was very vitamin D deficient as well. So you'll see a lot of sun lamps and stuff, sunrooms where people can get the vitamin D back in their their systems. Um, and so the, that darkness, you know, you wake up, I remember waking up, going to work and it was dark. Three o'clock in the afternoon looked like midnight. Yes. So when I came out of the building, it was completely black. I never saw sunlight during that time. And so it really does put you in a depressive mood. Recognizing that, um, knowing that there are things that you can take, like vitamin D, going to sunrooms, things like that, to help your stabilize your mood or get the vitamin D that you need in your system. Having a support group. Sometimes you might need to take a vacation into a sunny... I know it's Rona right now, but you might have to go somewhere that's a sunny location if you can afford to do that, um, just to recharge yourself. But the other thing about um, the coffee thing is... Is, yes it's a high but you get those caffeine crashes too.
2: That's right. So once
0: the caffeine starts wearing off you have to be very careful about that too because you're up for a minute but when you crash you crash hard. So And then, and, you then know, and then
1: and uh, then that's what happens if individuals become addicted to that addicted. high.
0: Yes. So they're constantly, you know, always have coffee in their cup because they're trying to constantly be up. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when it hits you, it hits you hard, hard. So again, like you said, and then the the holidays, you know, it's usually dark during that time, but there is uh, evidence that says that uh, suicides are actually decreased during uh, like the month of December and things like that for whatever reason. But there's several reasons out there. I won't go into that. But like I said, you just have to be careful and you have to look and see that and know that sad is a real thing. And based on geographic location and lack of sun, you really have to be creative, get with your friends, have some parties, love on each other, you know, create some rooms in your house or whatever uh, to get you through that time. But it is a real thing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So as a matter of fact, before we go into the next one, I do want to take a moment to let individuals know that you can call in. All right. You can call in if you have any experiences or anything that you would like to share that can help someone that can, you know, inspire them because we are all dealing with our own issues. However, to close that loop, helping individuals go through it. Right. That's why. And I to totally, totally believe this. We go through things. In order to, A, experience, B, learn, and then, C, help someone else. But watch this. You're going to keep going around in a half circle if you ain't learned from it. You dig it, right? Why am I still doing this? Because you ain't getting the joke, <laughs> right? So once you go through that, please, ladies and gentlemen... Reach out to someone, encourage them, say, hey, I know what you're going through. This is what I did. And that's what me and Camille are trying to do this morning. So I do want to say another good morning to everyone. If you're just tuning in, put a hashtag where you're from and where you're listening yes. at, coming and from.
0: um, Thank you for all the Salama International folks that are on here. They're Mm -hmm. calling in from all over Africa, Kenya, Uganda, some Mm -hmm. other places. So I just want to say thank you guys for logging on. I see you Mm -hmm. and I appreciate you.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, Camille, um, so what's going on? What's that around your your neck? Is that a new one or what?
0: This is a new one. I haven't worn this one yet. And these are my fancy, you know, pretty vintage-looking earrings. Mm -hmm. Um, But... If you like the jewelry that I wear every week, you guys know I try to, you know, spice it up a little bit. Uh, if you like the jewelry that I wear, you should go and check out Zoe's Bling Boutique. Zoe'sBB at gmail.com. Um, it is my paparazzi queen. Okay, she's my jewelry queen. And uh, you can find her on Facebook. Her name is Holly Williamson, but you can also go, like I said, on Zoe's Bling Boutique on Facebook or Zoe'sBB at gmail.com, and she will hook you up. And when I tell y'all she got some good jewelry, she you
1: got some good jewelry, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, look, you know what? I, I've been seeing these paparazzis pop yes. up everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Look, they need something for the brothers, so I'm, I might have to, I might have to come on out there and, and get it in, right? Because so I
0: do have paparazzi. No, paparazzi, you know
1: what? I don't like it. I, 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 I don't like it. I don't like it. I just, you know what it is. I don't think I just like the name. I don't like the name. You see, so I need to well, put... it's
0: called Urbanware for men. Stop so it. we don't, we don't say no. paparazzi. It's just
1: urbanware. No, no, that ain't it. Paparazzi. See, see what they trying to do. What they trying to do is mix it on up. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to say good morning. Hey, there we go. Look at that Trinidad. What, what? Sunny California. Oh, and also, ladies and gentlemen, let us know. Let us know, family, if you, if you appreciate this new time. Okay. Appreciate this new time. Give us hashtag I love it. Okay. We moved it over to help those that may be on the west coast that ain't quite up yet right so they can't get to, listen you can't get the sanity check if you still asleep can you dig it i mean that in both ways right on so but I yes my
0: california family is logged in for the first time too yes oh so. <laughs> look at
1: germany what you say what you say okay now yep look at kendrick what's going on <laughs> clarksville look at big pink yes so yeah ladies and gentlemen if y'all can dig this if you can understand uh, if you can dig the time frame and and if this is good for you let us know so we can stick with that all right so the next one
0: all right so persistent depression this is that long-term chronic depression that a lot of people um i hear them talk about and it the episodes really last for like more than two months but you can experience it for years at a time and so you kind of have this all the time feeling of sadness all the time and this is the one that really affects your self-esteem so it's not a a, uh, you know situational thing it's not a bipolar or chemical imbalance but it affects your self-esteem and your self-worth and how you value yourself you know you're constantly looking for I won't say looking for the bad but experiencing the bad uh, mentally and things like that um so it also has um like major depressive disorder um symptoms as well so you can be kind of mix the two but if it's for a long period of time you know that you have a a persistent uh, type of depression Um, so some some slightly different I know we talked about symptoms and all the other ones but here are some slightly different ones to help you identify whether it's persistent or just another type of depression so hopelessness feeling down sad or empty Um, Low self-esteem, self-criticism, feeling incapable, negative self-talk, irritability or excessive anger. I know we talked about anger in the perinatal for men, but excessive anger is a benchmark for this one as well. Uh, Feelings of guilt, um, worries over the past people that continue to live in the past and they can't get past that one thing that keeps holding them back, persistent depression, Uh, avoidance of social activities, not being interested in the things that you used to be interested in, that used to give you pleasure, hobbies, things like that, sleep problems, tiredness, lack of energy, and then like overeating or poor appetite. So those are some symptoms of persistent depression that are slightly different from some of the other ones. And the causes, it could be physical changes uh, to your brain, like physical changes to your brain. I know, let me just say this. People think that once you have a brain, then that's the only brain you're ever going to get. Yes and no, right? So we have all these neurotransmitters tra- and things like that, and we have all the synapses, and they fire off all this stuff. Some of them die, and so it changes. So when we talk about, like, dimension, all that kind of stuff, it happens. Uh, your brain can also become larger. The more information that you have, your brain becomes larger. When you don't use it to think a lot some of those cells die in different, um, different, uh, diseases and things like that will actually make your brain smaller. So I just want you guys to know that there can be physical changes in your brain. Okay. Physical changes, um, changes in the chemistry in your brain. So when we're talking about hormones and things like that, uh, traumatic events, life changes, financial woes, um, high stress situations, work, you know, stress, things like that. So there are some complications that come with persistent because you're always in a depressive state. And that is really a reduced quality of life. Because if you're always worried about the past, always anxious or, you know, uh, self-criticized and doing all those stuff, I can't imagine that your quality of life would be very, very good. You know what they see, the good and the bad, whichever one you feed is the one that wins. So if you're constantly feeding the negative, then that's the one that kind of takes over. And when you're having these, moods for long periods of time, your quality of life can suffer. Right. Uh, your relationships can suffer because nobody wants to be around a Debbie Downer. You know, and a lot of people I, I know I can look back and see some people that had persistent depression. And um so their relationships, because it was a woe was me. And everybody was like, I'm tired of carrying all this baggage. Like when are you gonna get over yourself, you know, when are you gonna do this? And it was just like, oh and nobody loves me. Nobody this and this and it, that. It, yeah relationships suffered, Mm -hmm. not just um, intimate relationships or family, but friends and things like that to where they, they really kind of spoke into existence, what they were feeling that they were unworthy of people and isolated and things like that. So there is life and death in the power of the tongue. You know, so you yeah. have to change, and I'll talk about some of the prevention and things like that. Mm-hmm. But let me go back. So, school and um, work problems, productivity, people maybe who, you know, at one point in time in their career was very productive, and then all of a sudden, slowly, it just continues to decrease, 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 decrease. decrease. Mm-hmm. Um, that may be a sign there as well. Suicidal thoughts and ideations, and then uh, suicidal behaviors are a benchmark of this one as well. Mm-hmm. And then it could be coupled with personality disorders disorders or other mental health uh, disorders as well so this one is one of those and there's some prevention techniques controlling your stress okay controlling what you can control that's a big one for us Um, resilience skills that will help build and boost self-esteem you know we talk about our resilience a lot you know looking for the good and celebrating good news and um you know taking those times gratitude is another huge one being grateful for what you have instead of always focusing on what you don't have. And the more you put out into the universe uh, good, the more you get back. If you put the bad stuff, that's, that's what you receive, you know, the, the, the reaping and sowing. So, uh, uh resilience skills are very, very important in, um, Basically controlling or preventing this type of depression, along with uh, social connections, reaching out to people, tell them what you're going through, Uh, listening to good wise counsel. You know, you don't have to stay there. Um, Understanding that other people also may be experiencing some things. I see a lot of memes that go around and it's like, well, I'm going to give people the same energy they give me. They ain't doing this. We're all going through a, a pandemic right now. Many people cannot travel. Many people can't go to uh, funerals of people that have passed away. Uh, there's financial strains because people are laid off from jobs, don't have money, and you worried about you. And you haven't asked nobody else what they're going through. You know, so, again, understand when you do reach out for help. You know, trying to find those people who are at a level where they can up level you in terms of thinking and and give you hope and stuff. But don't get mad at people who are also going through things because they couldn't give you the attention they need because they're trying to struggle and deal with, you know, some of their own issues. So be, show them grace when it comes to, you're not the only one that goes through stuff.
2: Um,
0: And then um, there are certain, you know, different treatment options as well. Um, Counseling, this is one that, you can take a less medicated approach to, Like we said, talking about those resilience skills, staying connected, um, uh, counseling, one-on-one counseling, group counseling, depending on the situations that you're going through. Um, let me see. And then you can do some meds, antidepressants. There are several different types that you can use. Uh, tricyclides, you can do the SSRIs, uh, SRIs, SNRIs, um, it's a whole lot of words, so it's so like selective serotonin um, receptacle inhibitants, so the inhibitants So there's a lot of different uh, medications, and they can be used in conjunction with things like psychotherapy or group counseling. Um, But you really just need to pay attention to the warning signs and symptoms of this. If you're feeling in a depressive state for a long period of time, um, make sure that um, you're reaching out. And also with this, because people don't understand, but drugs and alcohol are um, depressants. So, if you're already in a de- depressed state, a lot of people, because of their depression, turn to drugs and alcohol. But if you limit that or eliminate that, that can help stabilize and bring up your mood.
1: Absolutely. You
0: know, just, you know, uh, drink. Do they want to numb right. it and take it away? Mm-hmm. But you're doing yourself a disservice. That's because right. You're not able to deal with the issues that you have, talk through it coherently think clearly enough to say that. Um, and then you wonder why you consistently in these patterns. Absolutely. So limiting um, certain uh, depressive stimulant, stimulant, depressive, whatever um, things in your life, drugs and alcohol uh, will also help a lot. Good point. So be very, very careful about that.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so, so you, you know, so ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to understand that what we're talking about is transitioning from one state of depression right to coming out of it in the different types in different ways and so Camille you spoke a lot about uh, or made some good points about that type of persistent um, depression but uh, what I wanted to kind of caveat with is utilizing your company and understanding because you you hit on something that um, I believe hopefully individuals caught and that is guilt but not just the guilt piece of what you may have feel uh, the guilt that you feel but the guilt that individuals place on you you understand so what I want you guys to think about is other people's guilt is not yours to hold if, if that makes sense because they're in situations they may do that in order to keep you under control. Please understand what I'm trying to say by this, right? So if you, if if, a, if an individual is basically keeping you in a situation where you are enabled, right? So they, they're enabling a, a, a whatever type of depression state caused by guilt. Hey, well, listen, you might need to do this, and you know this is your position. You don't want to do this, and you might want to do this. Blah 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 that they're putting their they're deflecting, if that makes sense, right? And so they're giving it to you, and you're holding on to it, and now it is affecting you. And not just that, it's contagious. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's not, it's more than just how you feel, but it's how you can cause individuals to feel. But what I want to do also is make sure that you know that there is help out there. Okay, and if you are feeling away and you need to call someone again, you can call here. I'll listen, might laugh, but that's not my job and that's not my profession. You understand? So call this number, the 1-800-273-8255, the suicide hotline. And listen, that doesn't mean that you have you you have the suicide ideations, but you need to talk. You understand you need to talk and they can help guide you in whatever direction that you need to go in. And also, too, I want to talk about uh, real briefly about the relationship piece. So when you are in a state in the in that type of state of depression, then you can prevent individuals from connecting with you or even loving you. Right. Because of something that you haven't let go. Right. So if you have two hands holding on to some mess and someone is willing to give you something beautiful. All right. How are you going to hold it? You get what I'm saying? You have to let it go, but do it the right way, not put it to the side so you can pick it up later, because what will happen is you will bring an old situation old feeling, old spirit, if you will, into a new situation. It's like going to a new house, right? You got a new house, certain things you don't bring into your new house. Can you dig it? If you get a new house, get a new whatever. Okay. Because sometimes those vibes are attached to that, to whatever the item is. And sometimes we are in a state of mine based off of the state we were in at a certain stage of our lives. And now when it's time to elevate, we can't completely elevate because we're still holding on to some mess or let's keep it real. Since this is a sanity check. Sometimes we keep holding on to a fool. This is true. Hey, we hold on tight to that fool. And so now when someone's trying to bring you some, 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 some goodness, you're right, just a little bit of something. You can't receive it all because you're still holding on to an idea of a fool. What you think, Camille?
0: Absolutely. It's those sentimental attachments. And some of them, you shouldn't refer to them as sentimental. You should refer to them as toxic and want them out of your life. You know, you want to purge and cleanse and everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do that. And there are certain things that you don't want to bring into a new relationship. But talking about relationships in a different way, I've even had friends that I had to cut off. Because you have to protect your peace. You know, you, you have to protect your peace at all costs. And I remember I had one friend that was very, very taxing on my emotions. It was always a guilt trip about something I didn't have nothing to do with. About, you know, her See? family and her whatever relationship and stuff. It got so pa- bad and so heavy that I would literally almost have panic attacks when I had to go over there with her. And finally I had to tell her, I said, I'm sorry, but like we've been at this for a couple of years. And you haven't wanted to change. Like you've been given all the tools and all the tips and everything like that. You know, I'm not your doctor. Go see your doctor. I can't help you anymore. And I had to cut her off, literally cut her off because she was such a dead weight.
1: And it's toxic.
0: And my Mm -hmm. body that I literally, I can feel the weight of every conversation and to protect my peace to make me or to help me be able to go out and greet the next person with a smile, to be able to, you know, be genuinely me instead of, like, she putting all this on me and the next person, I'm like, what do you want? Blah, 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 blah. I had to cut her off.
2: See?
0: And I had to make no apologies about it. Mm-hmm. And I told her exactly why. And until you get help and you want to do something different, then I can't continue to be here with you. You know, I've given you everything that I can, but you just want to dump, dump, dump. And it's almost like and it's persistent the self esteem is damaged see so you constantly are looking for validation for who you are but it comes at the expense of putting yourself oh what was me what was me what was me just so somebody will say something but you don't internalize that and you keep on it's a perpetual cycle of just down mm-hmm. you know what i mean like just yes draining spirits literally drain the life out of you son, yeah. the life and we talk, of you. Vampires, yeah,
1: right? we talk about that Yeah, we talk about those spiritual vampires true. we got to be yeah. cognizant we have to be cognizant of that because if an individual is can knock you off your square to the point where you're responding to someone else in a fashion that has nothing to do with the situation understand the root cause and who the root cause is you have to love yourself hashtag if y'all can hear me Love yourself, because when you have to love yourself, because if you if you don't know how to love yourself, you cannot teach another individual how to treat you. Meaning if this person. Yeah. yeah, If another if an individual is in a depressive state of mind, you either a have that come to Jesus with them meeting and say, hey, this is what you're giving me, and this is how it's affecting me. Or you flip it, and knowing your mind, this person isn't going to change. So let me just be the friend. If you can, If let me just be the friend. Listen, and then dump. We do it all the time. There's some individuals that you know that's going to talk your ear off, and they're saying absolutely nothing because they don't plan to change anything. Listen, they're not ready. And before I get to your point, Camille, A lot of the energy that we give to individuals is energy that they did not even necessarily want or even ask for. We put that on ourselves like, okay, man. Okay. So she's giving me all this and I keep trying to tell her to sometimes that ain't your job. Be a friend. Think about it. Be a friend and say, you know what? I'm your friend. I'm just go listen until you tell me these keywords what shall i do if you don't hear that, if i don't hear that i'm gonna sit on the phone and yep you right show up show sure you right you lying what they tripping i will say those same things over and over because you've shown me you don't really want to change you want a conversation which was gonna say come here.
0: yeah but i'm not I've, I've learned i'm not spending that much energy on people like that anymore. Oh, hi, Jonathan. I'm not because that's taking away your ability to do something for someone who needs it Mm -hmm. or whatever. I'll say, yeah, yeah, whatever for a Mm -hmm. a second. But after that, you know, for a few minutes now, I've I've learned that I can't invest those hours like I used to back Mm -mm. in the day trying to be a good friend or whatever. And then I realized that you don't even want to be a good friend to yourself. But I want to say hashtag protect your peace. Mm -hmm. All right. Protect your peace. And if you have to hang up that phone or you have to not go and see them or be in their presence, then you need to do whatever it takes to protect your
1: peace. That's it. And
0: so I I would hashtag that. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I'm not spending them hours anymore for people who legitimately are not looking for a way to get better or to elevate. And, you know, and they just, I don't have time for you just to complain. I have a lot of things going on in my life. Yeah, A lot of things. I got kids that need my attention. And I just cannot go there. Now, there I have some sister friends that, you know, I'm there for them, but I know where they're at. And I know we have cycles and you have to spend that time with them, mm-hmm. but you have to know who those people are that you invest that type of energy and time in, mm-hmm. uh, because you know, they're going to come out on the other side or those people who are just in that perpetual cycle, right? But it is a real thing. And, and, and I just want to say that sometimes they don't know that they have this persistent depression. Yeah. And yeah. so sometimes we have to kind of, uh, usher them or encourage them maybe to go seek help or to get on medications or to try some therapy or to talk, you know, in, in a way that reframes and reshapes their mind about things. Let's look at this a different way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we're, we're trying to shift perspectives here, which is very, very, um, uh, successful in persistent depression. So we start looking for the good Mm -hmm. and we start you know, uh, uh, taking that time to express our thanks and gratitude in things because it shifts perspective from always looking at the negative to what is going right in your life. Now
1: that's the key. That's the key. We have to hold ourselves accountable to shift the conversation. And this is what I'm trying to do, ladies and gentlemen and family. We have to own and control it because if you know the person is, okay, as soon as your phone rings, and you see the name, and you have to do a damn, oh my God, they're gonna. Okay. Now let's let's flip it, okay? <laughs> Tell yourself, self, and you go answer yourself because you need to. Self, here, yeah, I'm here. What's going on? I'm going to you, we are going to invest three minutes. And watch this. And not only are we gonna invest those three minutes, we're gonna time it but hold ourselves accountable. And as soon, if that person tried to flip the script to woe with me, in that three minutes, we gonna, oh, hold on, you can do one, two things. You can expedite that three minutes and hang up, you dig it, or you flip it right back. We're like, you know what, well, maybe this meaning something positive. If they keep trying to pull you back, you keep trying to push them forward. If you want to invest that energy, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind, it can become draining, but you have to know your emotional boundaries, right? There was individuals, friends of mine, and, and I really do call them friends, right? But I know there's some friends that can become draining, but that draining, watch this. They're only draining when I give them the accessibility to my plug. You see? So you can't blame an individual for being a, a, a spiritual vampire if you keep giving them your net. You get what I'm saying? You can't do that. Ladies and gentlemen, look, so let's bring it back around. We're talking about depression, and we're talking a little bit about the persistent depression, but now we're going back into how do you control yourself dealing with those individuals that's in those stages? You have to hold yourself accountable. I was talking to my sister the other day. She was like, oh, I just don't want to talk to this person. Boo 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 And she's a great communicator. She's a great, a loving, loving sister. And she's my sister. So it's there, right? So it's blood work. You dig? But the deal is, is that I say, baby, you got to, hey, promise yourself, you're only going to give this much amount of time right? You have to love you enough to set your own boundaries. Like your phone. Every time your phone rings, do you have to ask? Who told you? Listen, who told you you have to answer your phone every every text, every ring of the ding ding? No. It, but, you, but you get what I'm saying? So if you don't set those boundaries for yourself, individuals go still see that you're accessible. No. <laughs> no my phone ain't for you to get me whenever you want to you see what i'm saying so that's what i mean ladies and gentlemen and that's what we're talking about we cannot be mad essentially at those individuals that are in those states of depression and how they make us feel all the time we got to wake up and say wait a minute i'm doing this right watch this I'm being included in their reality, right? Because I'm playing along with this mess. Understand your role on the stage. Whose stage are you on? Right on? So that's what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. What you think, Camille? And
0: then I just want to address this uh, pink, right? Uh, mm-hmm. She says some friends just won't do right. You try, 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 but they can push you to depression, but you actually love that person. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's true. But what I say is, you know, those types of people, you have to you have to set the standard for what your friends are. Okay? Right. Like we said last week, you know, you can be somebody's best friend, but they not be yours. And the the opposite can be true. Because I don't think that my friends would continue to do that to me, especially if I expressed That it is draining, or it's all this kind of stuff, so you have to reevaluate who's really your friend and who's not. Oh, no,
1: no, Camille, come on, come on.
0: Let them go to find the person who is their assignment, or you give them tools and you direct them to a health professional, (laughs) mental health professional, to give them the tools that they need. After we've tried, 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 we've helped them focus on their goals, we've given them tools, um, we've uh help them cut back on their (laughs) obligations we've done all of these things when we've done all we can we just stand just stop it stop it
1: stop Stop it (laughs) stop it listen i heard that i heard it okay when you're done all you get no okay i get that and so right you got to stand stand so two songs Two songs. After you have done all you can do, then to walk up. Okay, so listen, you can do all of that, but at the end of the day, you I, and and this is what I want to make sure that we understand. Certain friends, certain friends, like like Lily Wilson was saying, right? Like she says, right? One friend only gets fifteen minute intervals from me because she's draining. So so we need to know. Look, there's a hierarchy of friendom. I just made that up. Befriended them, right? Because we have to be able to give and receive. But if you're constantly giving to a person that's ain't receiving nothing, you also have to hold yourself accountable. Like you said, walk on by, right? And stand there as much you can take. But at the same time, realize what type of friend that you need to be. Because you can still be a friend like, hey, if I got this going on, yeah, I'll hit you up. But When you calling me on this, and I know that you don't want to change, and I know that you're not hearing me, I need to be the type of friend that just sit back and say, yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Because that's their reality. And soon as I get on the stage and start playing a role, now it's gonna be exhausting, you know why? Because I'm not being able to be authentic. I have to play your role. You see what I'm saying? So we have to understand not every friend is built equally. So we can't give them the same amount of energy. Why, ladies and gentlemen, we say that? Because individuals, not everybody know how to take care of your energy. You get what I'm saying? So like you were saying earlier, is if this was a real friend, they would not do. No, it's still a real friend. We just can't give them this energy. This high octane, like we talked about before, because this friend does not uh, uh, operate that way. This, our friendship.
0: I say we got to reevaluate those friends because if you, this is a persistent thing and you've done all you can Mm -hmm. and that person is just taking, 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 Mm -hmm. and not giving anything to you, what kind of friend are they really? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then you can be an an associate. You can be at a point where here are the tools and I can direct you, but you don't have to continue to allow someone who is damaging to your, your peace, to Mm -hmm. your, to your, uh, your mental state, to your emotions, To continue to allow them to have access just because y'all supposed to be friends. So
1: I Uh, get you. That how about this? I'm
0: saying so you got to reevaluate. Like you said, that hierarchy of the the frienddom or whatever the case may be, Mm they might just be on that first tier associate level. You know, they might have dropped because they cannot. People will suck you dry. They could. I don't think that my friends would do that. They know. And sometimes it's like I feel like I called you. I had a friend. I call you and I've been pouring, pouring, pouring. How are you doing? I just want to pour back into you because I feel bad for always calling. I'm like, girl, it ain't nothing, because that's like sister. You know what I'm saying? And I know who she is and where she's going. And she doesn't go through that, like. But she turned around and said, "Hey, I realize that in this season, I've been asking a lot of you, but I just want to give something back to you, whether it's love, whatever, whatever. Those are friends. No, no, you you know you know you're
1: you absolutely right, and you're also, friends. and yeah, you said, yeah, I can dig that. Those are friends too because they can they can uh, give back. It's an exchange, right? But you also said something earlier about being a person's um, assignment or, or them being you right so like the whole Mother Teresa type of thing like I am here to help this lost soul okay I'm here to save them and, and save them from themselves because they are crazy as hell right mm-hmm. but 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 keep this in mind and and ladies and gentlemen hopefully you can dig it if you can dig this after I said put hashtag dig it how about you may be Or they may be a different type of assignment for you. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is maybe there's a certain level that you need to elevate on or to, but your patience Mm -hmm. is subpar, right? In certain situations, and only that one friend, loosely, that one friend is the one that can push you to the place where you have to adjust your patient level. So now you can elevate to another plane where not only this individual isn't as draining as before, but now you can incorporate different lessons learned from this friend, fool friend, right? That's on a lower tier of frienddom. So, what can we learn? From that individual, so in essence, sometimes they are our assignments, and sometimes we are theirs. True. If that makes sense,
0: you have to there. You have to be very aware, self-aware, to know when that assignment is over. Okay. Um, So if you know, if some people have an assignment for you, but if they're not operating in that. Then they could do more damage than good. Mm-hmm. So you got to have discernment of mm-hmm. whether that person is really your assignment or whether you are their assignment or how long this assignment is supposed to be. Because if it's a continual draining and putting you in this des- depressive state and all this kind of stuff, I don't think God would. Oh no, 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 no. You know, of course. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying. But you know, not to say that. But I think that you have to. You have to be very conscious of the how long and the is it serving a purpose or is this just draining taking or am i attached for different reasons and things like that so you have to be self-aware yes you know and i'm not saying you just cut people off but we're talking about persistent in long term and there's people that are in your life that just been sucking for years and years and years mm-hmm. and haven't given anything back yes. am i really learning something from them patience or am i learning how dumb i am to continue to
1: allow- oh no <laughs> but, you know, wait I'm, no i'm just
0: saying i'm just saying you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that thing of, are you trusting me? Are you really listening and hearing? Cause I told you to break them off three years ago, but you just kept on and kept on because you wanted to, you know what I'm saying? So you have to have your own discernment. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. What it looks like for you or anything like that. Um, but when we're talking about pr- protecting our peace and to not falling into these depressive uh, modes and stuff, sometimes we have to detach from certain people that can take us there and we have to elevate and if their thinking isn't elevating us you know what I mean it may be teaching us some sort of patience but if it's not elevating us it's not bringing us to a higher level of awareness then I don't know you know for me at this point in my life I don't know if that's that if I want to invest that much time
1: anymore, well, yeah, I don't know how much time I invest. And so, and and no, and and no, I I get exactly what you mean. And so let me uh, add to that. Of course, we never know, right? We never know what is or what or why an individual Mm -hmm. is in our lives. So we have to stay cognizant and understand, like she said, the maturity discernment is key Mm -hmm. to life. Yes, it is. What I'm saying is with that too, if individuals are, are, in our life, I do believe that they are there for every level, the reason, season, and lifetime. The reason why I say that is because there may be a certain season that you need them there. And of course that season is a reason if you learn from it. And if they stay with you for the rest of your life or not, the lesson stays right. right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you can recognize it. So yes, I don't, I don't agree that you should stay in a state of depression with right but yeah so i don't believe that you should stay in a state of depression with a person you do have to cut it loose what big pink say he says when in your mind is the time to let go so personally my time to let go is when i first look at the intent of the relationship and what was it uh, contingent on? Meaning, are you my friend because of who you think I am or what I can give you, right? Or what I have given you, then I will, you have to give the grace period to see how could it be reciprocated, right? In a way, it does not mean I got money and you don't, so... If you can't give me money back, you're not my friend. But how are we building each other? If I don't see those blocks being built, then that's my time to truly, truly let go. And I give people enough, to, you know, people say that I cut people off quick. But you got to understand on early on, I've already given you the benefit of the doubt. But I'm watching. So I watch. I don't hold it against you, but I cut it off. Cool quick because I see that you're you, see you you're stuck, right? And I can't pull you. I don't get all the tools to pull you out of it. And I refuse to use all my tools to get, to get you out of it because that's not my job. But what about you, Camille? what you think?
0: Um, it really depends on the person. It depends on the relationship. It depends on uh, several factors. There's been people that I've kept around for a long time that I should have cut off years ago. But when it became so emotionally draining, causing me to have that anxiety every time I was around them, walking away, feeling like I was just drained of all life, there came a point when I said, look, I can't deal with your depression and my depression at the same time. So, you know, only one of them stays and I'm choosing me. Um, (laughs) And then there, there there are other people that... Um, I I realized that they were there for a season. And so the stage of our relationship changed. We may have been very, very close at one point, and now we're kind of distant friends. We still talk. We still do all that type of stuff, you know, reach out and make sure each other are good. But um, the closeness, the time invested, all that stuff is not there anymore. You know, you've given tools and you you watch, I watch people see if they're coming up, you know, did they utilize something? Did they whatever? And sometimes I reach back and I'm like, yo, you know, glad to see what you're doing with you with the whoop. Woo. I don't want nothing from people, but I always reach back because I, I still watch. I want to see them win, but I just cannot be in the same space uh, of closeness and, and things like that, where I'm investing so much when they're not doing anything and everything that you've you know, done and giving them all the tools and everything like that is not working. Mm -hmm. And then I have to kind of release, you know, still kind of from a distance, but I have to release. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the person and the situation. You know, some of them are assignments and some of them are for reasons, seasons, lifetimes, whatever. Um, uh, but I have learned at this stage that, um, I have better discernment when it comes to people and how long and, you know, where they are in my life. So, there's no cookie cutter answer there's no specific time frame there's no who gets what um but i have to again that self-awareness um allowing myself to really look at things objectively um is what really guides me you know praying I, i'm a religious person so i pray and ask god to show me and you know do i need to cut this person off or whatever um so it just depends for me Right. There's-
1: and, him, and, I, I, and I can dig it. I can dig it. And yes, it does depend. And it depends on your palate, if that makes sense. Right. It depends on what type of person you are and what you desire will determine how beneficial you can be and how beneficial the person can be. To you, But ladies and gentlemen, I do want to let you know, we appreciate you all for tuning in. We talked about uh, making lemonade from lemons and life is going to uppercut you no matter what. So you can't hide from it. Right. So you might as well get it in. But educate yourself. Right. Educate yourself on the different types of depression. Understand who you are and what you are feeling. Your feelings are valid. Right. And then also make sure that you go into the right places to, to get the right help. They get the uh, uh, they get the right counseling and and, and, and everything. Um, but however, we talked about the different types of depression. We talk about persistent, right? Seasonal, manic, situational. And Camille, what was this? Perinatal. See that? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, li- listen, look, look. Every time I try to say it, it come out wrong. So I don't even like to say it. bro. Per See? Perinatal. Perinatal. Ain't going to do it. No matter. Y'all can dig it. But still, I want to make sure that you guys get what you need and continue to enjoy life and stay sane. Don't forget, too, Suicide Hotline. This is the Suicide Awareness Month. And those, if it's not you... Give this to someone else. You never know who you can help. And listen, every week, we don't know who we can help. Hopefully, if it's one, and if y'all can dig it, then that's all we need. Right on. But you you are still empowered to do the same thing. What you got, Camille?
0: Yes, I just want to say it's important that we are self-aware, that we can identify the signs in ourselves and others, know where to get help, how to get help, um, some things that we can do for ourselves to help uh, minimize the the occurrence or persistence of the length of time of the depressions or whatever we're going through. Um, remembering just to attach yourself with positive people, uh, people that can help you. Um, and then, again, taking accountability for your own, you know, your own self, things like that. So, yeah. Um, this was very informative for me. I can look back several times and see, you know, where I went through some things in my life that I may not have been aware of where depression at the time um, and how I've been able to overcome some of that. You still deal with some things here and there, but you don't have to stay there long. Mm-hmm. So learning uh, all the symptoms and, and some tools to get you through um, is very, very important. And I just appreciate you guys sticking with us for this long. So,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So again, if you have, please follow us right at the sanity checks (laughs) okay I'll make sure I put it up make sure I put it up for you all so you can uh, stay tuned for next week so it's sanity checks two K's with an S and we want to make sure that you are getting something out of this and please also if you're interested in any type of sponsorship if you are interested in being a sponsor hit us us up on the uh, Facebook Right, sanity checks and send us a message and then we can give you more information with that but i appreciate y'all we appreciate y'all we couldn't do this without you and you give us an opportunity to do what we love to do right on so until next week